Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, and welcome to a special edition episode here of the Snowcast. We're delighted today to be in Grady's Yard pub doing a special interview with Kevin Kavanagh, the bar manager here at Grady's Yard, and Danny Trapp, who works for Yellow Belly Beer. Uh, I'm here, DJ Walsh, as usual, with Owen Tab by my side. And Owen, we were here last week just introducing ourselves to Kevin, having a chat. We were here Saturday night socially uh, with a crowd of people, and we had a really good time. And I just want, before we go to the lads, your first impressions of Grady's Yard as a pub. Uh, yeah, so like just uh, the loca- location here in Waterford on John Street is just amazing. It's right at, right inside the pub centre of Waterford. Um, so basically, just when you come into the bar, what I really really like is that you're greeted immediately by the actual bar. There's no faffing about walking down the end of a trying to find where the old bars get served. You're immediately greeted by 20 or so taps. A runway of taps. A runway of taps, exactly. Uh, so then just like the decorn here initially like it's uh, it's it's quite um, I don't know uh, maybe a bit metropolitan it, f- it feels quite New York like Brooklyn or uh, like Queens it, yeah uh, I really like the way a lot of the a lot of the stuff in here is salvage and it seems to be uh, very unique um, and the place is very open plan but again there's all these little nooks and crannies where you can have your chat very much a chat and bar uh, the second thing that I really, really like about the bar is uh, the staff. Staff here, sound, yeah. sound lads. 100%. Uh, and by lads, I obviously mean lads and girls. It's just a collective Irish lads. Uh, For the overseas listeners, that means men and women. That means men and women. Uh, but uh, yeah, just like you can go up to the bar, go, I, I drink Heineken or whatever, and they'll, go, they'll recommend something from either uh, the Yellow Belly stuff or from uh, one of their other uh, uh, guest taps to recommend that something like Heineken or Guinness or you know if you're a stout or anything like but yeah the boys are just amazing but uh, yeah I think we'll, we'll kick off the questions there we crack on anyway so uh, D- Danny, Kevin How's very well- thanks for having us lads no bother you're very welcome on. very welcome to the Snowcast delighted to be here and I suppose um, Kevin I'll come at you first with this question uh, I have lined up for you why the name Grady's Yard? Um, we picked Grady's Yard because it's the historical name of the area so we were going to go with the name Clockworks initially. Um, 
is insider scoop, right? It is an insider scoop, <laughs> isn't it? You might go to the area next time, eh? Aye. <laughs> um, yeah, we were messing around with Clockworks and some other names for a while. I believe Freight was thrown into the mix. Still, I still maintain Freight would be a great name. Listeners uh, text in if you think Freight would be a great name. <laughs> we'll put a poll up on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, Danny's, Danny's idea anyway, by the sound of it. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, we messed around with a few names and when we were trying to describe to people where it was in the months leading up to opening, it, it's kind of a weird part of town to tell people where a pub is, like, you know, because once you get off the Apple Market and go down the road, we're kind of tucked in a wee bit and we found people weren't taking the directions well. You're in town, but you're not in town. Exactly. Yeah. It's just on the edge. So we found out the name of the area then was Grady's Yard and when we started saying, it's down in Grady's Yard, everybody knew where it was straight away. So. We just went with Grady's Yard, and I think it fits fits a lot better than any of the ideas we had. Yeah, and and like, I, if, it really feels like a Grady's Yard to me, if that could be a thing. Like, sure. <laughs> yeah, man. It, it, it fits the place and suits it perfectly. Yeah. Um, a fantastic name and a fantastic location. Uh, I'm speaking of the location, and you have a question for the boys about that. Uh, so I suppose for either, I don't know who wants to answer it, but uh, why was Waterford your next location? You started off in Wexford, uh, the home of Yellow Belly. Where, why... Uh, Point next Waterford. Um, yeah, I suppose it was obviously it's our, our nearest city location, arguably depending on which way you drive to Kilkenny, but uh, <laughs> from Wexford, but I suppose it would be our kind of closest city. Um, in terms of as a brewery, when we kind of spawned out from our kind of local area, Waterford was always a great recept- receptor of our beers. We would have kind of got taps in Ishka, taps in um, Tully's, taps in, in The Reg, taps in Oscars, Revolution, Phil Grimes. We were, had great support. Um, from other great bars so it was kind of a natural progression to make was to somewhere where we know our beers are well received and if we couldn't make any way of the similar contribution to the bar scene as the lads of affirmative bars have done we'd be doing something well so um, yeah just glad to be part of the scene brilliant and um, I suppose speaking of the location um, then in, in Watford uh, Kevin maybe you'll be able to give us an insight in why this specific location in Watford Johnsbridge um as I, I used, like we said, in town, but not in town. I, I look at it now as like the gateway into town, as in like it's, it's a place that you have to stop by if you are going in town for a drink. Historically, it was a gateway into town. Yeah. I think that bridge was. That's right, yeah. yeah. Like you see the old walls here mm-hmm. outside, this was part of the actual original yeah. gateway into, into Waterford. It was. So, um, yeah. so um, I mean, the location came up and became available, and straight away, like, you know, it just made sense. Um, the vision obviously took a long time. It's been a couple of years in the making, but um, how many know. years has it been? Uh, I think it's been two years, all in all, since um, lease was signed. Yeah, we got our hands on it two years ago, and kind of um, we've been working on it ever since. Really slow and steady for a while, and then we burst into it big time this year at the start of the summer and uh, just knocked it out. But um, once the location became available, this particular location obviously wasn't used since 2013. I think was it. I, th- I think it's been empty for about five years so once it came up we just had to take it and then um, yeah it's just worked out really well we moved the entrance a wee bit from the road right onto the waterfront there and I think it just looks really well if you consider it a gateway just coming over the bridge yeah. you can just kind of nip in and uh, like it's concept as well there's very few places in Waterford you're going to find you're going to put two 20 foot containers in yeah you couldn't go into the old workers but, you know you're, you're going to really have to uh, struggle to get two 20 foot containers exactly in yeah <laughs> size was a 
wasn't mattering the issue. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> As it always is. It always is. <laughs> Even when they say it isn't, it always is. Um, just like fr- from my perspective on that in the location, like when you're walking out, like we walk down from Owen's house, Owen doesn't live too far from here. If we were walking in town, we'd be coming over the bridge. And just as you crest the bridge and you see the, the dark building, Grady's Yard written in yellow and the little yellow band as well there, it just it sticks out, it looks well, and, and it's really inviting. The colour pops really well. Oh, it is. Yellow yeah. and grey is just, yeah. It works. It, it and sounds simple, but it just, it pops so well. And subliminally, even away your marketing technique here, probably yellow belly beer, yellow and grey, like, do you know? Yeah. I'm not that smart, but I'd speak that much anyway. <laughs> is there, a, is there like a, someone in on the team that's like real design, real concept head, like that was able to think this out, or did you bring somebody in, or what? Like no, well, if it was all it was all done in house. I suppose our our boss, um, well, two bosses, um, Nikki and Simon Lampert, but um, Nikki would be kind of looking after this project more, and I think he's just got one of those kind of brains where he he can kind of just see how something will work and he'll just get the layout right and he'll do a lot of research in fairness he'll visit pubs that and where he gets the feel yeah. for something but no everything was pretty done between ourselves in terms of a lot of design we have a designer that works for the brewery full time so um, Paul Rex he obviously got involved in a lot of kind of the bespoke pieces and, and helped him out with drawings and, and putting kind of concepts and mood boards and stuff like that together but it was all done internally through and it's kind of the pub we always when we go we travel around a bit to the UK and stuff in Europe to like different festivals with the brewery and it's the kind of pub we always find ourselves drinking in it's um, that kind of industrial vibe that kind of yeah. lot of upcycling and um, just that kind of real big open no space it's kind of it's no TV yeah, yeah. yeah very much a talking bar yeah so we're just trying to um, yeah create a pub where we want to drink in but not, not, not only that, but it's, it's a great location. Like, I know, Kevin, you're big into coffee. It's a great location even if you're not having a drink, if you're just after work and on your way home or whatever. It's a great place to pop in and just have a cup of coffee and a chat as well. It's, it's just a really friendly, warm environment. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I keep using this term and I'm going to get sick of it if I keep saying it, but I see it as a beer cafe and not an Irish pub. Um, whether that's coffee or beer or non-alcoholic beer, which we're having right now, um, or uh, anything really, you know. The concept was to get the best of everything that we could under one roof, and I think we kind of achieved that. And uh, you guys are on the non-alcoholic beers because you're working, obviously, but uh, with our job, we have the luxury, well, this job anyway, <laughs> shout out to me who keeps telling me I don't have a second job. Uh, we, we like to drink the alcoholic drinks, and uh, we'll move on. So do we, now. Yeah. Oh, no, <laughs> we're not getting anything under on the record here. I'm not getting This is a non-alcoholic <laughs> first non-alcoholic bar. Yeah. Uh, moving, moving on to the alcoholic drinks then, lads. The lads here have been sound enough to put a, a wee tasting board on for myself and Owen. So, um, lads, first up on the tasting board, uh, Danny, do you want to talk us through what the first drink is? Yeah, so this is our uh, Keller beer, which is our, our unfiltered Hellas style lager. Um, so it's kind of obviously a beer that we don't have um, any kind of mainstream lagers on tap. So it's kind of our introductory kind of craft beer. So someone who is into the likes of Hop House or um, Heineken, Carlsberg, Budweiser's to, to give that kind of alternative, but also to put our own spin on it like we do. We see it as a much more flavoursome beer. Um, I suppose the style itself, uh, Keller beer, would be German Presetter beer, um, and they're generally a bit more fuller bodied than a conventional lager. Um, you'll get a bit more sweetness than you would from a conventional lager, and then obviously a bit more haze um, to the beer as well, which um, would be kind of succinct with the style. Um, so yeah, nice, easy drinking, smooth, nice sweet finish. Um, so just, yeah, something you can get a few into you without, uh, without offending the, the non-craft drinker, I suppose, you know, yeah, just uh, get them in gently. Absolutely. Like, I, I was here with a, a friend of mine on Saturday night, TJ Colin, and he'd be uh, a Heineken man through and through, like, and 
came in, he was kind of eyeing up the taps. One of these non-craft drinkers, a sound guy, but a non-craft drinker. And uh, again, like it was just an easy option for him, and he really enjoyed. He'd, he'd, I'd say, five or six of them, and he was happy out to have five or six of them. Yeah, because um, the, the, the selection is so big here, that's where our staff are kind of so important to us, and they're kind of well trained. And you know, if someone says they drink, they usually drink Heineken, or someone says they usually drink Smithix, then that's when they kind of jump in and offer suggestions yeah. and taste as well. You know, if, you, if you're unsure of something, we're happy to give taste and samples, and you know, which helps a bit in making the decision. Absolutely, I'll give a shout out to Michal because he straight away said, "Go for the Keller Lager. You're going to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. It's it's going to be down up, down your um, or up your tree or whatever the phrase is." Um, what do you think of it, DJ? Well, listen, it's actually lovely. Um, there's a lovely flavour to it. It's really crisp. When you take that first little sip, it's it's really crisp. Mm. And it basically, it almost cleanses your palate and then the flavours start just singing a little bit. It's really nice. Uh, really enjoyed it. That's actually my first sip of this particular one because mm. if I was coming here, I'd be pale ale or sour yeah. ice or something. But that's my first taste of lager. Basically, if I was coming in here on a Sunday, belting hot day, it was 20 degrees exactly, and uh, yeah. I was going to sit here for a couple of hours, I think it'd be the ideal drink for that kind of day, to be honest. Like, yeah. Owen, what's your take on it? Well, like before we came down here, we had a bottle of... Budweiser and a flat can of Heineken. So, oh, you spoiled yourself. Keeping them stored away for some reason. Fucking stored away. I don't know where he pulled the fucking things out. The can of Heineken. I only drank about two subs of it. Threw it down the sink immediately. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's nicer than that, all right. <laughs> definitely, yeah, definitely nicer than that. No, you can definitely. No, you can definitely. Like, there definitely is that kind of sweeter taste. It's uh, definitely more flavoursome than. Um, your general kind of uh, Heineken Carlsberg lagers. Um, you you kind of like they're just kind of easy light drinks to drink, yeah. but there's no real flavour to them that much. But whereas the Keller here from Yellow Belly, like there is a good depth of flavour. Yeah, yeah you so, can taste the malt. Like if, like if you ever in a brewery when they're when they're mashing in when they're kind of when they're adding um, water to malted barley, you kind of can smell that's almost like porridge, that real oaty yeah. mm. kind of sweet kind of bready flavour to it. And I think that is missing from a lot of conventional lagers, but you can really taste the actual malt malted barley flavour. It's stuff. definitely a drink that you can just uh, like you could stay on this for the night. Do you know yeah. it's, it's 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 not it wouldn't blow the head off you. It is that kind of that general kind of lagery. Uh, not, taste, like, you know. not like your tin can of emotion, which you wouldn't be drinking <laughs> 20 points of that stuff, I tell you. No. <laughs> um, well, listen, I, be a different it's challenge to be going to them. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Abso- 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 um, it's, lo- it's, it's an absolutely lovely lager. Um, and, and, and that's the that's the first drink on our um, tour of Yellow Belly drinks that we're going to have here during this interview. So uh, we're going to move on to the next question, lads. And I suppose both of you will have an interest in answering this question. And I suppose we, we, we were just wondering, how do you select a new brew? So, for example, like what's the experimentation process like in the brewery? Um, I know, for example, you have the, um, is, is it the, the what, what's the, the rare raspberry ale you brought in now, the Martian Jam, the is Martian it? Martian Jam, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've seen the stuff on Instagram about that. It looks fairly tasty. I might be having one or two of those later on. Yeah, so that's, that, that beer itself is actually, it's, um, so uh, was, the idea was developed by Rory and Martin who would be our packaging manager and um, assistant brewer. So hence the name, Mar Martin. So it's kind of a play on his name as well and Rory's name. Inside scoop here. Exactly, yeah. So um, cast exclusive. (laughs) So uh, yeah, that was one of theirs. So they're encouraged as well to brew. Like we have a small uh, 1,000 litre system as well as a a 6,500 litre system. So their 1,000 litre system came out of our old pub. So our brewery was in situ underneath a pub in Wexford. So that came up to us when we moved to our new site as well. So we package a new beer on that every week. 
um, which kind of allows our you know people in our packaging team, even marketing team, bar staff to get involved in in brewing. And um, in terms of coming up with ideas, it's kind of like there's there's no wrong answer. Um, you know, if you a particular beer that you've liked, a style that you've liked, something that you want to recreate, or just two flavors you think will work together. I mean, we only work with generally four ingredients, but because there's so many of each type of those ingredients, yeah, the combinations are, are endless. And then you can also throw in stuff like raspberries as well to, <laughs> to um, you know, to, to upset the apple cart altogether. But uh, yeah, no, it's just kind of idea of what you think flavors work well with. And then when it comes to us, it's all about the names anyway, and the funny names and the artwork, which which yeah. all helps well, as not well. Actually, a brewery. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got marketing. Bunch of mad, bunch of, good. Bunch of mad scientists. Yeah. Uh, how many beers do you think I, uh, this is just from a yellow belly point of view just to get, get a kind of idea of it how many do you try before you actually get something that you can put in a barrel and slap off to Grady's yard and, and sell here with, um, like we're, we're lucky enough I'd say over our three years if we've maybe dumped four or five beers that we weren't happy with really oh, yeah. that's mad because we, we like you know we, we work in the healthcare industry and for every drug that comes mm. onto the market there's thousands that don't so yeah. you know from a different industry like obviously you're after becoming almost masters of your craft and a lot better at it we're blessed with the brewer we have yeah, as well exactly, yeah. he's an absolute uh, Declanix shout out to Declanix uh, <laughs> he's, he's brilliant like and uh, he rarely fucks it up if I can use some colourful language oh, yeah, he's, 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 away, he's been there with us since day one and we've done over about over 200 beers at this stage and he uh, like 99% of those is off his own bat he comes in in the morning like obviously our bigger scale brews are kind of planned and we'll um like you know, we'll put, we'll obviously yeah. have a lot of thought into, but our smaller batch stuff is kind of almost done. Willy Wonka style off the bat, deck will come in and here's what ingredients I have, here's what I want to brew, and he'll knock it out of the park every time. So we wouldn't be able to do what we do if it wasn't for Declan. And just to, f- to follow up on that, then um, something I really enjoyed over the last couple of weeks here, uh, the last few visits I've had was the, the Belly Dancer, oh, yeah. which was a collaboration you guys did. So um, just a bit of background into that. It was a grape and lime IPA. It was fucking delicious. Yeah, I was at um, I was at a beer festival in um, Eindhoven. Would have been start of March of April of uh, this year, um, last year. What are, what are we? Um, it was this year. This year. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> we went over there and we met the lads from, from Big Belly Brewing who were based in the area and tried some of their beers and thought they were really cool. And they played a, ro- a lot around with a central character as well. So all their, their labels had a, had this kind of central character similar to our beers and kind of in the comic book style. So Obviously the belly connection by now. Exactly, of course. Yeah, yeah. And the, um, so we, they liked their beers and we kind of said that we'd love to collab- collaborate on a, on a beer. We shared a distributor and in Holland so we knew we would have a home for the beer and stuff we brewed it so um, uh, sorry the Netherlands I was called off told off so many times for calling Holland, right. Holland <laughs> but, uh, um, so yeah the boys came over and they came up with the idea of brewing a beer that was going to taste like a pisco sour cocktail pisco was like a kind of a great yeah. uh, a lime brandy um, and then there's like a pisco sour kind of cocktail so we wanted to kind of produce kind of a tart acidic beer with kind of those flavours so um, yeah it was kind of really tropical IPA at heart um, and then we added then some grape and uh, lime juice then to the fermenter as well just to kind of give you some tartness and some dryness a bit of acidity yeah, as well yeah exactly yeah. so it's pisco so, like, so I was travelling last year I was in Peru like, so mm. that's like home of pisco and like again like that's a amazing like uh, use of like and it's completely different use of grape like mm. there as well you know so yep. yeah it's, it's 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 brilliant like being able to test all these like I don't know different alcohols and stuff and try and incorporate them into your beer I'm going to throw, throw uh, maybe a, a spanner in the works here and just ask you what's the worst point you've ever had 
Um, I, I, maybe I'll, I'll leave you, you thinking. You go bit, first. I'll tell you. Uh, so uh, it was uh, 2008, first year of college. And uh, do you know the way when you're, I think it was maybe Freshers Week or whatever, and you're. You looked a lot different then than we do now. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, but uh, do you know the way you're being enticed into all these different places and offers are being thrown at you, being, you know, sure, come yeah. in here, free free drinks. I think, I, so I went into uh, the Savoy in Cork, and uh, the I think the, the, the entice, enticement into the place was uh, come in here, free pint, free entry. They have a DJ and lasers and smoke machine. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, anyway, so uh, they had you at free point, like free they, point, they didn't yeah, need they, the lasers uh, on the smoke yeah. machine. Oh, you've been there uh, for the lasers. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, so it went in anyway, and uh, the, so six six boys from Watford strolling into this place, and uh, should we go up like nightclub? And go, we'll have six points of Guinness, please. I'd say the tap hadn't been touched in years, <laughs> like, honest to God, it was bleach, bleach came out of the thing, like, I was 100% the worst thing, like, I, I, I'd never, I think actually Guinness is probably the beer that is probably most associated with a bad point, really, isn't it? Like, uh, well, you know, like, mine was a Nitro Stout as well, it was a point of Murphy's in London, um, just in April I was at a show over there and I asked for a point at the venue. And I was like, it was pure white when she gave it to me. Oh, single core in a plastic glass. Oh. Just this white cascading nightmare. But uh, I laughed as I handed her seven pounds or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh. I, um, think, I think white cascading nightmare would be a good fucking episode. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, those nitro stouts that people can mess them up. Speaking of nitro stout, you've recently tried a new one. Yeah. Left hand stuff. Left hand. Yeah, uh, yeah. What did you think? Intro. Oh, I thought it was really nice, yeah. 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 Really nice. Pure cream, like. Yeah. It is, yeah. So smooth to go down, like. Uh, I really liked it anyway, like. Uh, it's an excellent beer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. Where was that on top? Uh, Phillies. Phil Grimes. Phil Grimes, yeah. yeah. Your neighbours. Is that a. <laughs> I must be charged for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, no, don't burn all our fucking bridges, will <laughs> 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 you? The can itself, I, I bought the can, but it's scalding up. I was um, just in an off license, so I was yeah. just and the old bottles as well used to be scaldy, but uh, it wasn't scaldy. No, know. this was delicious. If, if Simon was buying it, it wasn't scaldy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, worst point I've, um, I don't know, like probably just like at, at a music festival or a sports yeah. event or something, just like yeah. a Carlsberg or anything. Yeah. Like yeah. a can with a cigarette in it is probably the worst thing I've oh, ever drank. Was the cigarette yours? No, it wasn't. No. It's was like a can of Fosters, and it's it kind of put me off drinking unopened cans yeah. or unpoured out cans oh, for years. Yeah, and I just yeah. think every time I put a can to my mouth, all I tasted oh. was cigarette ash in my head. Was it um, a nice woman's at least? Jeez, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see any lipstick on the end of it anyway. But yeah. Uh, um, yeah, it's probably the worst taste I've ever had of beer would be one with cigarettes in it. Oh. Oh, you yeah, this awful pint of yellow belly there. I'm only joking. <laughs> 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 I'm only, I've never had a bad pint of yellow belly. I'm not saying that because you're sitting alongside me. But, uh, oh, like, it's, it, it's true though, but, but I'd probably say, personally, the worst pint I've ever had was probably from a, yeah, probably from a festival at Independence a couple of years ago there. Uh, just a fucking pint of Orchard Thieves. Mm. I just don't like it. 
and then I got appointed for that at a festival because it was at a festival I was off my face. Uh, yeah. And sure it's completely sponsored by them, like you've no option. Oh yeah. Yeah. You're like you're I want a cider, you're getting that quarter seeds like you know. I'll put it this way, right? After the first sip, I uncontrollably sneezed for about eight minutes straight. <laughs> <So> <laughs> no word of lie, like non-stop. And me and my girlfriend tested this, like when I sometimes I get these fits of sneezes, I don't know where they come from. But I took one fucking and I've, I've mentioned this on the Apples lap. obviously in this <laughs> definitely, definitely not because my grandparents have an orchard like a, a mini orchard out there back and I'd be out picking apples there the whole time I don't think one sneezed up there um, <laughs> but genuinely had a sip of this stuff and I mentioned on episode 4 I smell stuff before I taste them beer, food the whole fucking lot the lads laughed me over but I had a sniff of it and I kind of I was like oh what the fuck is this? And then I had a sip and sneezing happened. Spilled half the pint sneezing then. They're fucking scaldy enough at the festivals and then I downed the rest of it and probably seven quid as well, like. Died of fucking death as well. Yeah. Uh, that that was without a doubt the worst beer or pint or cider, whatever the fuck you want to call Does it. Does anyone remember their first pint? Yeah. First legally bought pint? Legally bought pint. Remember it fucking crystal clear. The Woodstock bar in Inishtig. Went there. Good spot. Yeah. Went, is a great spot. Unreal. Mm-hmm. Some spot, like a couple of bars around the little square and picturesque Aye. as fuck. I know um, this spot, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Woodstock went there to hear a guy, Tony Fitz, an Australian chap who owned a cottage next to my granduncle's house. Uh, lived there for about 10 years. He used to play music in the Woodstock. So, when I was 18, just the summer. I, I actually didn't do much underage drinking at all, if any. Um, and when I was 18 then, father and uncle and granduncle said come on we go down to the Woodstock and listen Tony and I sat down expecting a glass of Luke I said I was only 18 a couple of days expecting a glass of Luke said off the outlet and he comes down with a pint of Heineken and whiskey chaser <laughs> box of, box of cigars <laughs> that's the nice on your own and a beard <laughs> get that in I had a beard when I was about fucking 12 <laughs> get that into you bastard what was your first legally bought pint kit? I, I didn't do much underage drinking either. I think I was 20 when I bought a pint of Heineken in a nightclub. It was awful. And <laughs> <laughs> look where you are now. <laughs> Slight improvements, you know. I can't remember now. I've done so much drinking before it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we were looking at our dad. Well, our, our dad. My friend's dad. <laughs> 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 the collective. My friend's dad had a pub in uh, Supreme Leader. Pub in Wexford, uh, Sky in the Ground. Um, so uh, we are, that was probably my first legal point when uh, when I was 18. So, uh, With your 5,000 points. Exactly, yeah. No, but uh, yeah, so I, don't, I think I was actually weirdly, I think it was like a large bottle of gardens. I was kind of ahead of my time in terms of drinking fucking eating but lager. You wanted ale. Yeah, but um, and I remember actually Johnny um, kind of was used to drink large with cardinals and I thought it was nice tasting it. And it got me into like loads of English ales like Hobgoblin and uh, Bishop's Finger and all that stuff he had in his fridge. Um, and that kind of started me on the road then of drinking independent beer. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know? Uh, I think mine was probably uh, Pine of Heineken in Electric Avenue here. I think the 18th birthday, uh, and I think De Laurentos were playing in there. That used to be a savage uh, venue in Waterford. It's one thing that Waterford's missing, I think, at the moment is um, a kind of a... A gigging venue. A gigging venue, really, like, you know. Um, shorts is okay, like, but I think uh, I think it needs, it needs somewhere else, like, you know. We did a gig in shorts once. We did, yeah. <laughs> well, we didn't really, like, but... Found this chap with uh, the red hot chili pepper symbol tattooed on his on his arm there, 
And uh, I'd say we just absolutely roared the place down for about two hours. Made <laughs> 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 an absolute hymns of it. Uh, Kevin, you told us some fun. Oh no, the next one, we're going to have another drink, sorry. Aye. Made a ball to that. <laughs> cut, that cut that bit out. <laughs> right, so um, Kevin, the next drink we have is the Citra Pale Ale, I think. Yeah. I'm right, Danny. Yeah, it is, yeah. yeah. Good yeah. stuff. So, it's do you want to talk us through it? Yeah, it's an American Pale Ale, um, 4.8%, very uh, hoppy, fruity aroma, and uh, the taste reflects it. It's nice and light, easy drinking. Uh, Again, 4.8%. It's not a massive, uh, a massive jump away from macro lagers or stouts or anything like that. So not from you, mad bastards in yellow belly, anyway. Yeah, we've messed around a bit, like. But um, have to deal with people drinking pints as yeah, well. So that, yeah. that <laughs> thing, kind of emotion that I mentioned earlier, that's 10.1, I think. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Savage stuff. We'll never sell a pint of that. No, never no. ever. If anyone asks me for a pint of that, they get fired immediately. <laughs> but, what um, do you serve that then? Uh, so a schooner, two thirds of a pint. Oh, yeah. um, is the most. But uh, yeah. But um, yeah, Citra we find is it's probably our most successful beer, and um, yeah, we any find, of our kind of we'd have around if we only have one tap anywhere it would always be citra mm-hmm. and um yeah again it's not that it's a gateway drink but people seem to it's it's an easy sell basically to craft drinkers and non-craft drinkers alike i think it just speaks for itself as well it's a it's an amazing drink but um, we've had them on the podcast <laughs> yeah <laughs> over to you citra <laughs> this guy's american genius <laughs> But yeah, it's a it's a great drink. It's yeah. been our most successful one around the country, uh, in cans and on draft. So it's yeah. what we're known for, really. I love that terminology, a gateway. Yeah. Gateway yeah. drink, yeah. gateway pub, gateway drink, <laughs> <laughs> gateway drunk. Welcome um, to Gateway Yard. <laughs> the Gateway Cast. Uh, no, like we actually had a brief conversation about. Um, people who overmarket their products and stuff like that uh, at Owen's house earlier. Mm-hmm. The thing we brought up was uh, Rockshore. Sure, yeah. Uh, Rockshore. Rockshore, rock yeah. <laughs> Rockshore. Um, and we had a, we we went to the Cove one day after work for one or two and it was on tap there and your man was like, do you want do you want a pint of this? And we said, can we have a taste? I was like, piss. And I kind of, I, I, but I had this gut instinct it was going to be like that, not to be like slating yeah, any yeah. drinks here or anything mm-hmm. like this. You know, we're drinking a podcast, obviously. Like, yeah, we want to praise it. Like yeah. <laughs> hey, you want to be fucking honest as well. Um, <laughs> if I tell, if I tell listeners go off drinking Rockshore and they taste it, like the truth is in the taste buds. Aye. But like that, we were saying, you know, they market it so heavily. With like say it's citra pale ale here, it's so good. You don't have to be, you don't have to push this. You kind of push it itself really. Like um, in here again on Saturday, and actually three or four of our friends came in and they were like, "What's good here?" And straight away I said, "Listen, lad, starting off, try the citra. You love it, and mm-hmm. um, it's really, really nice." I was on a Saturday. Um, I had a couple of that Monday last week as well, and. Uh, Jesus Christ, it goes down so smooth. Yeah, it's one of those beers, like, remember we, we launched the brewery and like our boss Manny wanted us to produce like a lager, which is now a Keller beer, and a pale ale, which is now citron. And then we wanted to just have new beers all the time. It's back when we had a 200 litre brewery. but um, Which incidentally is right over. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. So, that's, so that's our very first brewery, so that's what the first of Yellow Belly. Come down and check it out. Yeah, exactly. But Two, um, two bits of history side by side, the original walls of Waterford and the original brewery of Yellow Belly yeah, beer. Exactly. Yeah, we're not going to get into a debate over which is more culturally significant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave that up to the we'll leave that to the listeners. <laughs> yeah. Come and experience it yourself. See, I've never seen that Waterford Wall Brew award winning beer. <laughs> 
Again, we'll put a poll up on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Who did it better? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but yeah. Sorry, going back to Stitcher. Anyway, it's, uh, <laughs> so it's like we would have thought that it, like your your mainstream beer drinkers, even Guinness drinkers, Heineken, if they were going to give us a go, they would have kind of gone with the lager and stuck with the lager. But now you've Especially in Simon's, even here, we see people who would have come in looking for a Guinness and end up being seasoned citrus drinkers. It's kind of yeah. it's that beer that has the flavour, but it has the clean finish. You know, it has the hoppiness, but it's still you know it's not too bitter. Um, so yeah, it's gonna just be that was actually our third version of a pale ale. That was, that was it's launched it was, as APA it's Mark Three. Remember, other summer ale as well. Oh yes, yeah, it yeah, was yeah. APA American Pale Ale Mark Three, and then we just stuck with that. Then that was became our core range pale ale. So yeah, it was yeah, once was referred to as Mortal Kombat yeah. Tree because uh, <laughs> yeah. it was a uh, MK Tree. Yeah, over the last two years now, I suppose that's been our it's been our biggest seller yeah. and uh, number one beer. And you can see why it's it's so relatable to non-craft beer as well. Like mm. it's 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 like that extra step up. It's just it's it's a good pale ale, but with added flavour. It's 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 like a fucking eating a, a nice dish at home yeah. and then going to a good restaurant and having a good quality version yeah. of that dish. Well, it's there's enough flavour in there to keep people interested. I mean, we've all tried like far more adventurous drinks. Like you brought up the thing kind of emotion earlier, but I find myself going back to it time and time again. And it's an easy leap to make from uh, macro drinks to citrus, so it's it's just a, a great beer, really. Mm. I'd say enough good about it, yeah. and of course I will. Feel sorry for the third beer now coming up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Darren was uh, talking there about how we were here last Saturday, where we came in with a few friends, um, and now uh, my girlfriend she doesn't drink uh, beers, okay. um, so she was on the wine. I wonder if you'd like to tell our listeners just maybe something about the. The, the four taps of wine that you have on, on, on offer here as well. Yeah, well, we've just uh, two whites and two reds on draft over there. Um, I don't know a huge amount about them, to be yeah, honest. Well, so it's, Daniel will have to feel we, this. Um, we started doing Simon's, our pub and Wexford. We started bringing in draft wine and the idea of putting good wine on keg. And a lot of people are kind of, um, you know, like, there's wine coming out of a tap and they're a bit weird and you're coming to tap it. But like, we'd love to do glasses or glasses of wine from the bottle. Like we never really liked doing those quarter bottles of wines. We find that people complain about the hangovers, it's very hard to get good quality small bottles of wines. Mm-hmm. So then you'd be getting like big bottles and opening them, but then after a day or two if you would have half a bottle then the wine would turn you start getting some bigger flavours. Exactly. But the idea of wine on top is it's as fresh as the start of the keg it is at the end of the keg. So it's it's like good draft beer. It's balanced as much. Exactly, yeah. It's it only your, touches the air when it comes out of the tap. Yeah. yeah so it's the, balanced yeah. off, is it then? Like yeah, 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 yeah so yeah, it's kegged kegged in the vineyard and um, brought over here then next time we'll kind of retouch the environment then is in so again like we've talked a lot about beer but for those of you the listeners that aren't into your beers or craft beers like you probably like wines come and have a wine in Grady's yard as well exactly and well, we do spirit infusions as well which yeah. are the big things we do here get the staff involved where we age some spirits in um, in fruit um, which is uh, just really kind of interesting we've kind of fun names on them and have a bit of crack with that so we yeah. and we have like gins from all around Ireland some of the best whiskies as well from all around Ireland so we're kind of trying to champion Irish kind of independent produce as much as we can so yeah we try to have something something for everyone just gluten free beer alcohol free beer with a lot of cider there mm-hmm. really is something for everyone yeah cool I love and it and coffee and coffee yeah, yeah. In, this, in this uh, beer cafe Hi. Um, so uh, you mentioned earlier that um, that you took over this premises two years ago. Um, so before this, this used to be Dignity, the gay bar in Walford. Yeah. So my question is, did you find anything mad when you were going to the premises um, afterwards? No, no, not, I'm just I'm just saying this from a general perspective that uh, shit can be left <laughs> behind, like. But um, 
incidentally, I found some shit that was left behind in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> so Literally. I had the enviable task of um, cleaning out the toilets over the over the summer when we were getting the place ready, and there was uh, shit on the wall. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's so, um, what colour was it at that stage? Yeah. <laughs> you can see it, we kept it as a feature. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as a, as a the natural to the, <laughs> to the last place, but yeah, there was yeah. Uh, We kept the pole and the shit. <laughs> <laughs> there was a little bit on the wall, so that was the maddest shit that I left. That I found left behind. Not that I left behind. But um, <laughs> well, coming out yeah, there yeah. was something. There was something else in the ceiling in the back as well. There was a. There was something lying around up there. There was a, a scales. I'm not sure what that was used for. But um, there was a full condom machine myself and Nicky got very excited about one time and took them took that apart. But they were all out of date for like two years. Uh, and there was like four pounds in them. Pounds. Pounds like. We only closed like five years ago. <laughs> Cryptocurrency. Right. Uh, uh, so, like Dan, you mentioned about like uh, how everything in here is uh, upcycled. I think the term you use there, and uh, everything is basically being salvaged. Is there anything? Uh, is there anything here that you're like most proud about for that you've uh, you know recycled or up- upcycled, as you're saying? Yeah. Like in fairness, it was mainly Nikki the boss man that done it. But my favorite thing about it is a real cool kind of stained glass window door um, at the back of the bar that's used one of the partitions. That's really, really funky. And then even the tables we're all sitting upon, they're made out of, the tops of the tables are made out of old pallets. So um, literally just chopped up and um, lacquered and varnished and stuff. And I think they're, you wouldn't tell which is the best thing about them. Like, you yeah. know, you could pay good money for them, but no, he's there at all, like, yeah. So um, that's, I think they're the coolest things that you would notice. Um, but um, yeah, obviously the containers is, uh, is a big speaking point as well. Right. So, yeah. um, Ken, what about you? Is there anything? Hey. I would have said that door really, so Danny's after Nick and my answer, but um, <laughs> the, the fireplace actually Danny's resting his arm on now, uh, we we dug that out of a yard, we were uh, in one of the many colourful yards around South County Wexford, uh, just digging around looking for ideas really, we didn't have anything in particular we were looking for and we found, uh, we found that fireplace and it's a wee bit knackered like and it's missing a little bit on the side but I think it looks brilliant, I think it looks like it survived something. And now it's back here and it's got a new lease of life. Yeah, it looks like a living, breathing tetanus shot. <laughs> I, like, on the fireplace, I said this to you, Kevin, last week when yeah. you showed us around the place. Like, we turned the corner at the back of the bar because the bar is like basically similar to enough if you have a kitchen with an island unit. The bar's in the middle and you can walk 360 yeah. around it, uh, which I think is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, we turned the corner and then the fire, fireplace just hit you like a slap in the face, but a good slap in the face. Yeah, <laughs> kind, of, kind of kinky yeah, one of those. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I just think like the place, the fireplace, and um, you've got like the the barrels and containers mixed up the the poles here that are all painted. The color team works. It's very rustic. Like in fairness, the the bar's only a couple of weeks open, but it's got so much fucking character that you'd find it. I it's the it's, you never really find in a new open new It takes a lot of effort to make it. Like, that's that's yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it took a lot of effort. <laughs> it's not just a slap of paint and a oh. bit of fucking neon lighting. Like it's oh, it's it's hard graft you can see you put into the place. Okay, so uh, there's a reason the the launch was delayed quite a number of times. We didn't want to we didn't want to open a half arts pub like yeah. or a half conceived idea is probably a better way of putting it. So when it was ready it was ready. And you know, I think it speaks for itself. Excellent. Um Speaking of hard graft, lads, um, 
what Yellow Belly drink that you've made in the last number of years since uh, Yellow Belly have been making beers and, and stouts and lagers and ales are you most proud of? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, it could be really boring like and just go like Citra. Just and broken like, through. And I think it will in terms of it's a beer now that like we export to like alongside others, but it's a beer we export to eight European markets as well as our own. Um, it's a beer that I always go to when I'm in the pub. It's a beer that I, you, I see in cans now all around the country, and I kind of you see it in bars that you never thought it'd work. I mean, like old man bars in Wexford, you see it in bars in Port Leash, bars in Galway. You see citrus taps, and that's my role of Yelbelly as a sales manager. So I'm on the road constantly going around, and that's the one I push in, that's the one I talk about. So it's a boring answer, but probably citrus pale ale is the one that I get the most kick out of, of drinking and then seeing other people drink as well. Wonderful. You know, good answer, like, yeah. I think for me it was great for the town just because the artwork kind of, I don't know, summed up Wexford Town. And um, again, it's probably boring and corny, but I think it's great that something like this came out of Wexford Town. Obviously, being a Wexford man, uh, it means a lot to all of us. Like, so. uh, and that was one of our breakthrough beers as well when we first started launching beers. Mm. We did uh, monthly bottle releases. They were in three 30ml bottles. And that was, I think, the second wave or the third wave of bottles. And it really caught the imagination. And it's still talked about today, even though it's been on the shelf for a couple it's of years now, right? Yeah. But, um, yeah. Strawberry sour as well. So it's a, yeah, it's a strawberry kettle sour. sour and yeah. yeah, you know, it was just, it was, it was an amazing beer as well. Mm. Uh, what I think is great is like some, like I'd have, I'd have a couple of overseas friends and they'd see our activity on, on social media, on, on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Um, and obviously, if anyone's listening to this, give Grady's Yard and Yellow Belly Beer a follow on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And uh, Yellow Belly Danny. On yeah. And Yellow Belly Kev, that's K E D. Please don't follow my personal account. <laughs> um, no, listen, like your stuff on social media is really cool. Um, really like what you do on social media. And, and I suppose, I'd ex- so say for example, I was showing um, a couple of my, my friends in Liverpool. Um, I sent them an image of the tin can of emotion just to say I had a taste of this last night and it said 10.1% and they said you're all a bit fucking mad <laughs> and they're not wrong but I, I wanted to just um, say for like, like you know any lads in there that are looking did say to me what's the significance of the strawberry sour and I'd be telling them you know, Wexford strawberries are famous over here so they wouldn't get the links but then when you explain it to them all of a sudden that's something they won't ever forget and yeah. um, like you're, you're your branding, like you've really stayed true to your location and where you're from and stuff is really good. And I wanted to ask you about the, the logo and the design of the beers because it definitely stands out. It's definitely full of character, just like this pub is, just like, you know, Yellow Belly, the, the staff clearly are and, and yourselves are full of character and full, <laughs> full of um, full of life. Like, so I, I, you obviously have a really good um, logo design artist. And just, again, that concept of, I asked you about coming up with the names and stuff like that, but um, where does it all, like? Yeah, so well, we're, um, we're lucky, there's been kind of, started with Rory, kind of with seven, um, kind of seven kind of core members. Um, I, I used to work for the Life's Manager, Simon's, um, in the pub, and so I was working as a barman for the lads, and kind of, the idea of a brewery came about, and there was, um, yeah, kind of seven of us there from the start, including kind of our head brewer, obviously Declan, um, our market manager, Seamus, myself, Two brothers, Nicky and Simon, um, I'm gonna forget someone. Paul, obviously, <laughs> um, our designer. So we've had that kind of core group, and Dara, the assistant brewer, he's 
unfortunately. Uh, it's not the Oscars, are you? Right? <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, we've had the kind of core group of seven there from day one, and um, so we kind of came up with the the idea of obviously having the Yellow Belly as the name of the brewery, and then that name for anyone kind of listening, it kind of links back to a. People from Exeter knows yellow bellies. They're old Jersey, Harlem Jersey used to have a yellow sash around their, around their waist. So everyone knows yellow bellies. So we kind of wanted to play on that kind of um, idea of like a Victorian kind of steampunk kind of herder. And um, so we kind of took on Paul at that stage as the designer logo, and then we've kept him on ever since because we bring out new beers every week, every two weeks, and we have this kind of central character, yellow belly, who's in all our artwork and um, in our is across our brand, and just kind of means we we can have fun with him. Like most brands don't have that character. You don't. Like we can tell a new story every day, we can create a fake story, we can do comic books, we can have a video game, we can paint them up on a wall, make murals, we can, but there's endless possibilities what we do, we enter new European markets, we can create sort of like a market specific, we can have them holding the baguette, you know, with onions around his neck, drinking French beer in France, so there's no you endless... You're not being racist, no. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's no end, no end of the racism there. <laughs> this brand can, uh, can, can show and highlight, but... Um, yeah, and like so, Paul and Seamus are our marketing guy. They would work together in terms of um, brand development, in terms of coming up with the names, coming up with the, the story. Obviously, like we can all come up with a cool name, but unless there's something that Paul can put into artwork and people can kind of get straight away and stuff. So, I mean, you only get like five seconds of someone looking along a tap. So you kind of has to be bold, yeah. has to be colourful, oh, has to be a lot of detail. That, yeah. It does, yeah, it does. They just really pop out of you, mm. you know, and you know, even they're they're nearly like colour specific, you know, and. But like they do have that kind of little story behind them like that mm. you can tell immediately from the image um and yeah, every beer has to have a concept almost it's kind of yeah it, you know it's not just a matter of having a good color or a good design yeah. or a, you know a, a funny name like it has to have a concept from start to beginning um where you know you can really uh, tell the story in that five second whether it's on someone looking at a shelf full of cans or someone looking at a tap section in the bar you have to just grab their imagination i think Paul and Seamus do that really well. Oh, they, they definitely do. And you like to take the piss out of them on the Instagram stories as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Asher, we wouldn't be friends if you didn't do that, I suppose. No, definitely not. Uh, so excellent. Yeah, so um, I think we'll we'll have our third taster, DJ, I think. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, so, boys, uh, what, what do we have here to turn on here? Yes, yeah, so this is Castaway, which is our passion fruit sour. So it was uh, also our third co-range beer, alongside Citra and Keller beer. And it started off as just a special. It was one of the... Kevin was talking about the Great Bird of Town, one of the early bottle releases. This um, would have came out around the same time, and it was a kind of a beer that got us well known for producing kind of sour beer. Um, and we it was one of those beers we never planned on brewing again, but because of the, I suppose the demand and people talking about it and people probably trying sour beer for the first time and opening a whole new world. And so it's it's a passion fruit sour beer, um, which. The beer will be sour, have some tartness and some acidity, and then you have the passion fruit to provide a little bit of sweetness, but also to add a little bit more tartness and acidity. It's, it's one of those beers you will either love or hate, and, and it's one of those beers that people who don't think they like beer will also like. A lot, yeah. like a lot of gin oh. drinkers or wine drinkers can kind of find themselves. Controversial opinion time. Owen, I know you a long time. Mm. I want to put my foot out and neck out and say, I reckon this is your favourite drink of all time. Oh, this is... Uh, it's absolutely savage, like honestly, like every time I've come here, it's just been. Lads, I have to work with this guy like fucking 40 hours a week, and he doesn't shut up about this fucking passion fruit sour. It's honestly so, so good. I was saying as well about my girlfriend, I said she wasn't a beer drinker, and she, she drinks wine, uh, spirits, and stuff, but like, I was like, Kira, have a taste of this. She was like, I'll, 
I'll have a, I'll, I'll have a glass of that. Yeah. Like, I will. I will. That is absolutely yeah. delicious. Like it is so flavoursome. It's like having one of those like Maynard sours or something in your mouth. Like it's, yeah, or like a oh, Solero or something. Yeah, delish. Like yeah. Yeah, I know my girlfriend's the same. That the only beer she'll drink is sour beer, and every time you go to the off place, she'll just produce a sour beer, and that's her beer style now, which is yeah. So yeah, once you get into it, it's a it's a whole new world of uh, of beer. Like. I think I think the big success of this um, passion fruit sour ice is that like it like. We, we were talking about one on episode two or episode four, I can't remember, it was one where the lads, it was um, Simon and David, episode four, mm. we were talking about one of them, and it was one of those where like, geez, it's an interesting taste, I'm not sure, and then you'd have a point of it and you'd be intrigued, but then if you went to have a second one, you wouldn't really go back to it. This is one that you just fucking keep going back to and going back to and going back yeah, to. Yeah. Um, it's absolutely fucking delicious. Like, Ke- Kevin, what's your take on it? You're obviously a fan. I am, um, when I first tasted Sour Bear, I like Declan our head brewer uh, did a lot of taste training with us like when so when I came in there I was doing um, beer training basically with Declan and he showed me a number of sours um, and I just thought there, there's no way I'll ever be able to drink this like I thought yeah. they were, I didn't think they were horrible but I just thought they weren't for me and I couldn't get through it and I remember he said to me um, as he walks into the room I remember he said to me that uh it takes a certain number before your of taste before your palate will adjust, and I just kept going at him. And then one day, I, it was cast away for me. I just drank it, and it was just incredible. Like, I think it's beautiful. It's um, you know, it's got all the fruit, um, flavor that I don't know. You can shake a stick in, but um, <laughs> I mean, you can taste it's a beer as well. It's not. Uh, there's a lovely malt flavor. Yeah, changes oh, from nice. batch to batch, like, but um. I mean, I just yeah, love everything kind of about creamy, it. Kind of, I got almost a creamy kind of oak tea flavor to it as oh, well. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's one of them things like all the different uh, sen- all the different uh, aspects of taste it has. Mm-hmm. And it hits it's them at different complex, times. So. Yeah. All this and like, yeah. it, it'd blow your fucking mind. I think you're dead right though. It's probably one of those uh, hated or loved things. You know, right. it's like, yeah. uh, I, don't think you'd, I don't think you'd have a taste of that and go, that's eh, all right. You're not, either, no, not at all. Yeah, I guess you do love it. Yeah, and stop yeah. drinking a litre. It's, no. it's just injected yeah. to my veins. It's, right. exactly, yeah. it's definitely, I think, Citroën and Castaway. And again, it's just a born answer. They're my two favourite yellow belly bears. Mm. And um, I could always drink them. Yeah, but it's a born answer because they're that good. Exactly. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, if everyone's favourite fucking fruit was something mad, it would be yeah. mad. Exactly. It's the way of putting it. No, absolutely. It's, it, it is genuinely that good. Um, so that's maybe we'll just look into the future here. Um, what are your plans for um, Brady's Yard? Do you have any events or anything like planned, or do you know, or like eat like not, uh, you don't have to say specific events or anything. Or what's in the what's in the pipeline? Like so, um, we've got this lovely open area behind us here with uh, where the brewery is. Um, obviously, it's decked out with seats. Um, we'd love to do beer tasting events out there, gin tasting events, things of that nature. Food pairing, we will be uh, serving food here before Christmas at some point. Um, I promise anything. As well. Beer launches <laughs> as well. Tap takeovers, exactly. Um, but I think the food pairing is something that I'd be absolutely mad keen to see happen here because the way we, like, it's just hit me, not tasting myself because I'm not a professional beer taster or anything like that, I just talk shite in a podcast. But chatting to you lads about you know the concept of the beers, how they come about, what what you end up putting into them, it's it's abundantly clear that you know 
you know your stuff. You know your stuff, <laughs> but the flavours and the complexity of them are well thought out. So when you have that level of quality in a drink, matching that with food, like could be fucking spectacular. Like the, the Michelin Guide might be calling me more long. I'm not saying it will, but, but like especially in Walford, because like there's, yeah. there's such a great food culture in Walford as yeah. well. There is, and like you know, yeah. uh, like some of the restaurants you have, uh, like even Arkeen stores are great for uh, local producers, and you know they they're all about uh, just. Uh, uh, shopping local and, and, and selling local like you know mm. uh, and uh, even uh, like a lot of the a lot of the restaurants here are all locally owned and uh, you'll see on their menus like you know Dunmore's mussels or uh, mm-hmm. you know whatever from from local producers so exactly that's one thing that we've got really good at in the last you know three or four years is caring a lot about where our food comes from and support local and if we can move any half of that over to beer, we'll be one of the most thriving industries in the country. Exactly, and that's yeah. the problem a lot of times is they will, even restaurants you go in and don't care so much about their food, where their food comes from, and then they'll have a fridge full of Heineken and Budweiser. Yeah. And we know there's so much local alternatives around. So that's something we really want to push as well and go hand in hand, side by side with I, the local food producers. I, I think a lot of um, restaurants in Waterford are nearly kind of coming on board with that because um, I think, is it maybe like the bodega and stuff like that up the road, they sell like... Um, uh, Dungarvan, uh, yeah, you know, the bottles well, and things like that, yeah. you, know, you know, or Metal Man or whatever, you know, so. Bay Tree Bistro as well, like nearly Michelin star nearly at this stage. Exactly, yeah, yeah. It's one of the best Irish craft beers in the, yeah. in, the, in, the, in the fridge as well, so. Probably would be Michelin star if it was in Cork. Probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, listen, lads, being honest with you, this has been a fucking absolute joy of a chat. Really enjoyed it. Enjoyed it too, yeah. Thanks a million for having us in. Um, listen, we'll definitely be in here very regularly and we'll be recording out here very regularly. Uh, I just want to commend Yellow Belly Beer, I want to commend Kevin and all of the staff here at Grady's Yard who have been very welcoming to us um, basically since you've opened. And listen, can't sing the praises of this place high enough. Uh, just sign off, uh, sign a note here. Uh, a lot of our listeners aren't from Waterford. Any of our listeners from Waterford, come in and have a check the place out. It's fucking amazing. And any of our listeners not from Waterford, what better excuse to visit the beautiful southeast of Ireland to come down and have a pint of any of the range of drinks that we've just described to you here? Because if you're not fucking salivating, I am, and I'm drinking the fucking stuff. <laughs> Listen, lads, this has been our first ever special edition episode of the Snowcast. I've been DJ Walsh. He's been Danny Trapp. He's been Kevin Kavanagh. <laughs> I got it. I fucking got it. I was saying it, quiet. He's been on tab. Thanks a million. Slauncha. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.